Hello, and welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast discussing the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. Oh, I'm Alex. Hi, <laughs> Helen. <laughs> and today on BBC Radio 4. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired already. Bring the energy, I love it. Yeah. Yes, okay. What are we talking about today, Alex? Today we're talking about life post-music college. Oh, God. Well, there we go. Back down to earth <laughs> we go. Okay. So Helen's about to come to the end of her time, full stop, uh, her time at college. <laughs> um, so she'll take us through how she's feeling. That'll be fun. Uh, we'll talk about how, obviously, in college, everything is put on for you. You have so many opportunities all the time. And then when you leave college, you suddenly feel this hiatus. And, you know, how, how do you keep on the amazing progression that you've been making for so many years? We'll talk about the idea that often college encourages you to feel like a finished product. Yes. And that when you leave, maybe you're not complete and maybe you still have some developing to do. We'll talk about all the other options that you have post-college and all the things that you can possibly do afterwards. Uh, And finally, we'll talk about time and scheduling. Yeah, that's going to be Alex's big kind of finale today oh. he's brought some hectic energy guys yeah. i hope we're all we're i don't all know like, what's happened you're trying not to say um and it's coming um, out as like my... sheer panic but it's good i like it it's good energy <sighs> helen you take over now thanks so much yeah so to to kick start today we wanted to talk about life after college um and it's something that's quite prevalent in my thoughts at the moment because i am graduating this summer and um Obviously, to graduate in the middle of a pandemic is is quite an experience. There's a lot of uncertainty in the air, particularly in the arts industry. And in particular, I think something that we're concerned about, uh, I think, as, as students, as young graduates, is just that idea of how do we make this work? How do we make a living as artists in this time? How do we, as Alex kind of loosely mentioned, now, how do we keep continuing on our journey exactly yeah how do we keep developing and something that I am quite aware of in my experiences is that um there isn't actually very much guidance discussion or thought given to the kind of graduate life something that I see a lot of and and read a lot of is is we you know get a, a career email once a week showing us various opportunities but as somebody that is already kind of looking for a lot of opportunities <laughs> yeah with with a lot of panic <laughs> um I've already seen actually a lot of what's being offered to me so it's, it's it's great to know that this email has these potential options and ideas but we're not really offered a lot of kind of advice or structure as to what life looks like post college and something again that I think Alex and I would agree on is that the conservator model and system does encourage you to kind of look towards almost the next education-based opportunities so you know it's like right I went through school that was great now I'm at university that's brilliant are you going to do a master's degree okay I'm doing my master's now I'm looking at opera school However, in this current climate, actually, to try and get a place at opera school, on an opera course, on a lot of these kind of post, postgraduate courses, the, the competition is so high. And, you know, I know a lot of my friends and colleagues were all applying for these various opportunities. And a large number of us are not even getting our foot past that first round. So the question I'm asking is, 
what do what does life look like then if if i'm not able to get onto this next uh course if i'm not able to get onto this next opportunity and i kind of wonder if conservatoire and the collegiate based system could consider offering a little more guidance as to how a practical day-to-day life as a musician and artist actually works and something i was saying to alex before we recorded this episode was my partner went to Surrey University and something that he talked to me about was this idea that they had regular kind of careers talks. People would come in and talk to the undergraduates about potential career opportunities or things that you can do with this degree that you've now got. And um, I just thought that sounded like a terrific idea because we never had anything like that. It was very much, you know, there were particular set paths. It was you're either an academic or you're a musician and and they're the kind of two things that we're training you for but actually when you when you come into the big wide world firstly there are thousands actually of careers in you know the creative industries that you'd never even considered before but but again just with this idea that right I've got this master's in vocal studies and I'm aware that I've developed quite a niche skill set but surely there must be options with Mm. this degree and and is it not the job of the conservatoire to kind of help guide me for my future path at least open your eyes to them yeah maybe as well rather than just saying well these are the the set young artist programs or the set studios to go to maybe oh well you know these transferable skills that you should have by now haha um you can go down this route or this route you can combine things and you have these skills from before ah so much 100% and particularly again I'm going to keep harping on about this because it's on my mind a lot in this current climate it's really hard to make money as a musician and an artist so I would have kind of thought that our conservatoires and our education system would be trying to offer us you know really viable options because currently you know it's literally like okay you've graduated bye i understand of course that within every college and every conservatoire there are students and pupils that get onto these next steps and, and get onto these next courses and that's terrific that's amazing that's really exciting and for these conservatoires many of those students kind of become their flagship artists mm. who represent what this institution is about look how far they're going look look at what they're achieving but what about the rest of the cohort what about all the other students training there and it's a slightly tricky one because at the end of the day i know that all of these conservatoires they're not exactly um desperate for for more students to apply you know they're completely inundated with applications every year they're not in any kind of difficult position in that respect so suggesting things like this like oh you know could we have some more careers talks i you see it you see it go to the bottom of the pile every year round Mm. because it's just like well you know we know we're safe we know this isn't going to harm us and we've got people that are kind of promoting our name already yeah so you know it's kind of it's kind of on you to figure out what the next step is and of course with every career yes it's on the person to figure out what the next step is but as we've mentioned in the past freelance careers particularly freelance careers in the arts they are so precarious and if we want to encourage more people to work in the arts if we want to encourage greater diversity in the people that are working in the arts i do think these institutions have a responsibility to offer some greater guidance as to how 
you build a viable career in this industry. 100%. Yeah. And it's something that we spoke about in a previous episode as well, this idea of a portfolio career. So, you know, you have a number of strings to your bow, arrows in your quiver, I think I said, you know. (laughs) Did I not edit that (laughs) out? Just a number of opportunities which you follow and keep going alongside each other and they all feed into each other and they're all things that you enjoy doing so that, you know, if one slumps suddenly because of, I don't know, a global pandemic or something, then you have other things to, you know, back yourself with yeah absolutely and i think something we're going to talk about a little bit later is something that alex really loves which is time management and portfolio career and time management they just go hand in hand but i think kind of following on from that something that something that the conservatory experience offers is that ability to just offer regular lessons coachings uh, master classes training sessions and opportunities and of course you cannot I'm about to come up with a weird phrase now. You cannot look that gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> Sorry? What's a gift horse? I, I think it's something to do with teeth, isn't it? It has a present. Don't look a gift, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Like a reindeer. Anyway, to do, to do two years for a master's or, you know, if you decide to do opera school and that's a four-year package in total, to have that regular training, you know, right in front of you, of course, yes, you've paid for it. But knowing that every week there are things that you have to turn up for the kind of motivation that that drives in you i think as a a singer and a performer that um little nudge and push to keep improving to keep developing to keep having new repertoire to take to these to these master classes and to these coaching sessions means of course developing at quite a quick and potentially speedy rate and the conservatoire experience almost offers this kind of hothouse mm, mm. of development where you're really immersing yourself in in language in movement in vocal technique in stage technique and of course that idea is you're going to come out after these two or four years a, a different artist to the one that you were when you went in and that's an amazing opportunity and I suppose something that I'm thinking about is you know I really did try my best not to take any of it for granted you know I knew how much I'd wanted to go and I I knew that I was giving a lot to kind of get there and so I tried to bring something fresh to every coaching session which actually is absolutely exhausting (laughs) (laughs) but it also makes me think that as I'm about to leave you know organizing these these regular lessons you know I I know what it was like before I started my degree and Sometimes I wouldn't, you know, my singing lessons would be three weeks apart, sometimes four weeks apart, just because of her availability, of Mm. my availability. And these things cost money, money that I know I am really about to not have. So in terms of lessons and coachings, I... I I feel sad that I'm about to kind of lose that, that regular training, that regular encouragement... And, you know, you've built rapports with these people. You know your coach really well. You know, I've, I've been with my teacher now for almost five years, if not more. And we know each other really well. And I, I very much want to keep learning with her when I graduate. I just know how busy that woman is and mm. how, of course, for her, her, her pupils at the various institutions that she teaches, they are her priority. And I'm I'm gutted, really, that I'm, I'm not going to have that regular training and I, of course, I will remain personally motivated to keep improving and keep mm. developing. But I'm very grateful to have had these two years where I've really had an opportunity to just regularly keep developing in a number of, of key areas in terms of my craft. Mm. And another thing that I found after leaving was finding venues to have your lessons. Right. You know, yeah. I would have to, on top of paying the teacher, paying for 
you know, the space. I didn't know that. Gosh, yeah, well, wow. I guess some teachers say, oh, I'll just pay for the day yeah. or something. Yeah. But then, you know, if they're not making much in the lessons or whatever, then they ask you to contribute towards that as well. It's like, well, that's that's £15 extra. Yeah. So uh, it's quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. How did, how did you find it when you... Because, I mean, you know, you were kind of in the education system for quite a long time there. Mm. And then you did your, your master's and opera school. Mm. So, yeah, in, t- in terms of when you graduated after that, how did you find organizing lessons and coaching? I've had so few lessons since. <laughs> so bad. I, I It's just so hard to do it. Yeah. And my teachers were both, are both so busy yeah. doing their careers and everything, which is fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, to find a time when we're both stationary, is really hard yeah and yeah. then to find a place on top of that and find a time and i mean coachings have gone out the window yeah and i think also in in terms of lessons i we talked about this actually i think in, in a couple of our sessions we're the type of people that write down these lists of things to take to our lessons things that which we, is good absolutely but i i also remember being like that before i started at college and my lists were huge because you've got like a four-week backup of of things you've been looking at and, mm. and you want to work on and then you take them and you're like okay so i need this and this and i want to look at this and this don't forget this and my teacher would just be like right i'd like to look at something totally different and it's like oh do you me anyone okay. <laughs> but it, it becomes so much harder. So to any of you almost starting degree people out there, enjoy the regular lessons. Mm, enjoy mm. the regular coaches. Enjoy having practice rooms at your disposal because definitely I think they are the things I will I will miss the most and I know will will you know slow down kind of the progress that i'm making uh, just inevitably really the other little shout out to those still at college make sure that coachings and lessons are at a good time for you i know it's really hard to fit everything into the timetable and be flexible with everything else that you've got to do and everything else that your teachers and coaches have got to do but if you have a coaching at 9 a.m on a friday and it's not going to be good for you because for whatever reason you'll be tired and you won't have woken up yet and warmed up your voice then there's no point in that coaching so that's essentially 80 pounds down the drain goodbye don't do that be selfish about it yeah and you know hey uh assert your boundaries Mm. but it is fair that you want to make the most out of your coaching session and say you're a budding undergrad with a budding voice but you've been out the night before and you've had nine million pints in an outdoor pub garden or whatever you probably don't want a coaching the next day Mm. let's be honest about it so if you can arrange something that works for you i the day after Mm. maybe so that you've had a little bit of time to rehydrate and recover I think that's understandable. Um, Also running from thing to thing. Again, it was so hard for the guy in charge to organize everything and everyone's timetable. So I understand. But having to leave a movement session early so that I can run to the coaching and then run back from the coaching back to the last 20 minutes of the movement session. Both sessions were pointless in that respect because, well, well, they're pointless yeah yeah because i mean you spend half the movement session worrying about the fact that you have to leave early exactly checking the clock every now and then yeah, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Totally so you know not be selfish but yeah be selfish yeah, quite. to an extent <laughs> i feel like across these podcast sessions <laughs> you and i are like painting our dream utopia conservatoire yeah, just me <laughs> where it's like nothing clashes there's time for everything every session fits you personally oh, and yes we understand it's not possible but we can dream people we can 
And this feeling of, you know, you want to continue making progress and everything and you want to have lessons and you want to have coachings. The idea that when you finish college, you're a complete finished product ready to be sold on the marketplace. (laughs) You know, it's just so not the case. Oh boy, oh boy. Mm. You know, you have been equipped with the tools to carry on Mm. studying and carry on improving yourself. But certainly my experience of leaving college was... Not even a goodbye, really. It was just like severing of contact, which I suppose they need to do because they have like a whole influx of new idiot young people coming in. I hate them. <laughs> I hate you all. But, you know, some some sort of acknowledgement that I'm not finished in any way. Yeah, and yeah. to not make me feel... I remember feeling a bit like, oh, God... I've been at music college for four years and I'm, I'm still not 100% sure of my technique and I don't know what to do. And I don't know this. And I felt really guilty about that. Like I hadn't used the time properly and I'd, I'd frittered away my four years, which... Darling. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, which isn't the case. I made the most of every single second. <laughs> not here to make friends. Nope. <laughs> but yes, it, it was a shame that I inadvertently was made to feel like that. Yeah, I again singing is so unusual because your voice is inside your body so your body's changing all the time therefore your technique the way you approach it the way you approach singing as a whole is always going to be changing and developing so i know exactly what you mean that idea that when you graduate you are some kind of package you are some kind of complete product and you know, even just thinking about a couple of the classes that we had at the start of this year where the teacher was talking about building a website and, you know, launching a website. And I just thought, Lord, launch a website. Like, I don't know what day of the week it is. Mm. And I'm supposed to be selling myself as like a singer. You know, the thought of that honestly terrified me. But I also recognize the argument of like, well... (laughs) kind of like if not now then when and we are very much people that are like it's got to be absolutely perfect Mm. and it's like at the end of the day it's it's never going to be perfect but in terms of that training and the career that they're trying to feed you into there, there is this element of like right you know we've given you what you need and you're off now to to fly as as a musician and creative and artist when at the end of the day for lots of people that that post college period can can be really quite difficult because Mm -hmm. as we were saying before there aren't these regular lessons to prepare for there aren't regular opportunities put in front of you to uh, either audition for or take part in and so without that kind of structure and you know without those targets to hit if you will things can feel a a little yeah Mm. empty is a good word and a a little bit difficult but at the end of the day after you leave college you've still got so much growing to do particularly like we knew loads of people alex is one of them that came straight out of university went straight into music college then went straight into opera school after that so you came out of that really intense kind of vocal training at 25 so to say to a student that they're ready and that this is the start of their career at the age of 25 is is kind of mad really because for most voices there's still actually quite a substantial amount of growing that literally mm. just the voice box and the larynx is going to do before you kind of hit the the structure that you're going to live with for the rest of your life so i know what you mean like you kind of want these institutions to 
close out your time by saying something like this is not the end this mm. is only the beginning you know mm -hmm, that kind of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. trashy phrase but but something that gives you the sense of no this isn't the idea that you're completely finished it's we've given you x you do with it what you will but keep plowing forward keep learning keep training keep doing whatever you need to do to develop your skills and crafts as a singer and an artist i guess also something that one or two of the teachers at my music college did really nicely actually um in the in the very last two sessions that they <laughs> gave us was so these these are the things that you can think about in your in your home practice when you're doing say movement at home yeah. you know th this can be your routine every day and you can add this or take away from that yeah um but by that time the majority of people weren't actually in the classes because of contracts or whatever so a lot of the people didn't get them and I guess I guess maybe it's it's taken for granted that over the course of I'm just saying movement sessions because those are the ones that come to my head that that you sort of mentally or physically note down what works for you what doesn't work for you and then and then try them yourself in your own time and then essentially create your own routine before practice before a concert say or something like that but a lot of people in the music college environment you just don't have time to think about that yeah so you leave and you're like oh what have I actually done for the last four years in movement or stagecraft or whatever yeah and as I said, some teachers were very good and, and proactive and saying, you know, the, these will be your go-to tools for yeah. when you're developing a character from scratch, yeah. for example, yeah. or translating your libretto. Yeah. But often you were left hanging. Yeah, these sessions are kind of delivered, but with no kind of context or no explained potential application. And I know it sounds really basic, but I remember when we were at school, our teacher, I, I, I feel it was like something that came in through like Ofsted or whatever. But like our teacher used to have to write an objective at the start of the lesson. And Smart the, lessons. Right. Yeah. And so the objective would be, I don't know, you're going to learn how to do X, Y, Z for Y. And I'm not saying that it has to be exactly that. But I do think perhaps at the start of some of these movement sessions or stage cross sessions, kind of saying like, I'm offering you ideas and you need to figure out what works for you to implement into your home routine i think sometimes that would be super helpful because certainly from our end we've had movement sessions and you kind of go in and you really enjoy yourself and you really That's enjoy right. moving and maybe doing a bit of dancing or whatever but then you come out and you're like well what what do i do with that now mm. what what's the what's the next step on that because mm. there are no other classes so mm. yeah I, I know exactly what you mean and um continuing on the same idea this kind of you know not finished product i think something else that it's in important for us to mention is for so many young singers nobody knows yet really what their career is going to be of course uh, again you know uh, speaking about you alex just because you were 20 i'm famous 25 mm. i honestly still so young so how how could you possibly know at 25 what you want your kind of what my goals are yeah what you've got yeah what your values oh. are but what you want your career to look like and so in terms of still working out what you want to do, I, I feel the conservatoire system doesn't make you feel like that's okay. There's a, there's still this pressure to be, you know, going on to the next thing, going on to the next program, you know, getting some kind of competition or something that they can put in their newsletter yeah. or whatever. And, you know, we when we were planning this session, we were talking about the idea of continually having to go on to these next 
education-based steps and you know alex as you said you'd been in education literally since you were like what four zero yeah the womb (laughs) yeah and and you were 25 and people were pushing these these young artist programs at you and it's like gosh the thought of another two if not more years in education ah made me feel sick yeah and and i would say from my perspective i'm 28 now and i'm graduating and i am i've I've applied to a ton of young artist programs but there is part of me that thinks another two years as a student on that and you know the the sadly i'm coming back to it the financial limitations Mm. that come with being a student and uh, you know i think this might be something that we'll touch on more in another episode but seeing your peers who are in completely different careers of a similar age you know kind of well, establishing themselves and establishing their lives Buying and security. Yeah. And again, it's it's material possessions and they're not everything. But I do think you come to a point where you're like, gosh, these people have, have chosen a certain path and I'm starting to see them perhaps reap some of the potential benefits of a secure and safe job. And, you know, you kind of look at yourself and it's like, what do I have to mm-hmm. show for my, for my time and the time that I've spent? And it's like... Um, some barren writer scores. Yeah. That's all. Some great I could probably <laughs> averagely sing some Elgar for you if, Ooh, you, if you would like that. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, just, just these ideas of people will change career. You know, when they leave music college, many will stay in the industry, many will leave the industry, but a tiny handful will become those kind of elite artists that are put on the front page of every mm-hmm, conservatoire mm-hmm. prospectus and yeah just just i guess what we're trying to say here is yeah there's no expectation that you should be the finished product when you graduate and if if you're feeling that way and if you're feeling nervous as you graduate about what you're going to do you know you are not alone hit me up let's panic together oh we love together panicking <laughs> yeah it's great let's go back to me uh, so, <laughs> as Helen was saying, you know, I finally left education at 25 years old. Um, and during my last year, I applied to a ton of young artist programs. Not, let's be honest, not really wanting to get on any of them. And luckily I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I wish that uh, some other suggestions had been laid on the table for me and you know, perhaps perhaps I should have taken more time to look myself for these other other options, but I don't think that's fair, really. Yeah. Sorry, as in, it was very clear what was being pushed towards me. They were studios and young artist programs, like prestigious things, but never was it suggested, oh, there's this amazing outreach program, there's this educational program, there's this, you could work with kids, blah, 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 and all of this. That was shunted to one side. It wasn't even shunted, it was just, like, not mentioned. Mm. And... I only discovered later that, oh, I actually really enjoy doing this show with kids. And it's something that I kind of really need right now because, not that I want recognition, but I love a little bit of recognition. And, you know, those little kids' faces, they were just so happy. Uh, Yeah, and they would sing along and I really felt like I was inspiring them, which is one of his values. Big value of mine, you know. And I wish I had found that out earlier and then I would have applied to those things while I was still in college rather than leaving thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then finally (laughs) getting to that stage six months later. That kind of next step that is pushed by these institutions really is 
the next step to be the artist the glamorous one to be the singer to be the famous singer Mm. and uh, as we were saying before that is the route for the one percentile and it isn't really right that everybody else is kind of left to to figure out and fend for themselves you know this this education process should be about offering people multiple career choices Mm. it's not even offering it's just opening your eyes to it and being like oh this is an option this is another option and then it's on you but but the idea yes the idea that the artist is the only route and then when you don't become the artist or you don't get on the program or you or you choose to do another option i do think there's this niggling thought in the back of your mind that like well i i've failed or like mm, mm, mm. i haven't i i didn't quite make it or like it's not quite what i thought it was going to be and it's like there's there's nothing wrong with that the idea that every single person that goes to music college is going to be this you know superstar artist is a is a false one anyway i so. think that's the thing isn't it you know never never on a newsletter does it say like oh this person got on scottish opera this person uh, you know young artist or something yeah. this person music education outreach with this company like yeah. that third person never exists on the newsletter yeah which yeah. is wrong yeah and at the end of the day do we need inspiring high-end musicians working in music education? Yes, 100%. we do. Yeah, because if we're, if we're going to educate a new generation about this music and actually like keep them interested and inspired, then we, we need high-quality musicians at, at that end of the game as well. But yes, I, I totally know what you mean. That kind of education perspective is really not yeah. promoted promoted yeah. by by these institutions at all we're now going to move on to uh one of alex's favorite little topics here, scheduling and that is the topic of time uh, yes um oh that idea that when you leave college i mean if you if you're not walking into a full-time job or another studio or whatever and if you are doing any of those things well That's done you but if you're not yeah alex is gonna gonna have a little chat about some of his scheduling tips and tricks it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> That first September, oh boy. No, I loved it actually. God, I was so happy. Yeah? I had so much time to do what I wanted. And I was quite strict with myself. Yes. Uh, I gave myself timetables. Uh, <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> things that I needed to achieve. Uh, uh, practice that yeah, I needed what is to get done. Smart objectives. Smart objectives, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make some PowerPoint presentations for myself. <laughs> it helped me to think about the idea that I needed to continue educating myself and working on myself uh, just in a different way and in a freer way without people necessarily telling me exactly what I need to do and when I need to do it, but me deciding, okay, well, I really liked working on that from year one of my master's or obstacle or whatever, uh, so I'm going to do more of that. And that could feed into this recital that I have coming up at this really prestigious venue. Uh, <laughs> my flat. <laughs> hey, <that> Zoom. Is... <laughs> Sorry. It's a good one. Yeah, and then setting aside time also to look for things for the future, to apply for things, to get all my resources, the boring resources together, like keeping my CV looking shiny and super duper and headshots or whatever, you know, all of that. That's, I've found since leaving, all the years since leaving, that's such an ongoing thing. Like forever you're like, well, you know, my CV was last updated in 2016, so <laughs> better do that again. You know, it's a, it's a really regular thing. You've got to just stay on top of that. You know, keeping keeping videos updated, just making sure you are always, if an opportunity comes up, then I'm always ready. 
yeah. ready to apply and feel my best with that application rather than this mad scramble like, oh my gosh, the deadline's in a week's time and I haven't got any of these uh, resources together. Yeah, I'm just going to have to send this crappy video that I'm not really happy with. Uh, yeah, yeah. And what's the point? Alex is a very particular kind of person. Mm. Alex loves to schedule. Alex loves structure. Um, you should, Why did you leave education? Well, I know, right? <laughs> you are education. <laughs> However, I think Alex's approach, which again is quite similar to my approach, that's not natural for everybody. So for some people that time post-college and again you know when when you graduated we knew a number of people that graduated at roughly the same time Mm. it was interesting to see how everybody managed that time post-graduations you know some people similar to Alex were were making opportunities or or doing things and kind of keeping themselves on a certain track other people went completely the other way and and just took it as almost you know extended downtime yeah extended holiday time and at the end of the day you do whatever works for you however I, I do agree with that idea that once you leave you probably want to keep learning and improving and developing and yeah you know working out a timetable that works best for you, you know some people just absolutely love to work in the evenings mm, and that's not me but well, whoever you are and if that's you then great you know have your morning lie-in because you work better in the evening you know work to the schedule that's best for you but keep yourself on that path of you know i've come this far with my singing and development and whatever and and you know whatever you choose to do when you graduate just using this massive sea of time (laughs) to to allow yourself to to keep working on all those things i think it's worth kind of acknowledging really that for the for the many people that leave conservatoire or college or whatever without necessarily knowing what that next step's going to be yeah it's worth acknowledging that that's hard mm-hmm. and of course as we mentioned at the start of this episode it's harder now because the pandemic is kind of throttling the small number of opportunities that we have and compounded with brexit it's it's a competitive climate out there so you know i think lots of people in this time are, are kind of looking at their options and thinking a bit like where do I go from here what is the next step and you know that that empty sea of time Mm. uh, makes it all the more terrifying but I you know I love that idea of kind of setting yourself personal goals and trying to keep working on your own craft that's something that I've kind of told myself throughout this whole pandemic that okay there aren't public opportunities to perform but what can i develop in terms of my singing technique Mm -hmm. my knowledge of repertoire you know what i think about what i want to say as an artist but yeah i think just to kind of close this up is us saying that yeah we we acknowledge that it's hard Mm, and we were talking about in comparison to perhaps uh graduating from i don't know a engineering degree maybe i don't know or a law degree or a science degree um where in a lot of those cases there are a crazy number of jobs uh i'm sure somebody's going to come and tell us that that's Probably, not the case yeah, but, but I've, I've said it anyway yeah. uh but you know there, there are jobs and there and are very set paths I yeah think, as well. yeah and it's it's quite obvious you know the next kind of few steps that you need to go through in order to you know attain your established career and Mm -hmm. security and everything that comes along with that i think graduating from an arts degree whatever that may be uh you know musical theater music uh dance um acting whatever all of these arts careers are so so precarious even more so now and 
yeah it just it made me smile you know seeing some people that are like yeah graduate can't wait and i'm like oh no (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what's next and um there's somebody that loves to plan not not knowing is is quite um it's scary Mm. so i think we're just saying that whoever you are out there if you're graduating college this summer you we're thinking of you let us know we want to hear if you've got plans if you don't have plans what are your lack of plans looking like <laughs> tell me all about holiday it. <laughs> yeah. in the uk of course but i think also like you know we're encouraging you to to keep working mm-hmm. um and you know you've probably whoever you are built a really amazing skill set over the last few years and and if you if you're determined to pursue it then we're encouraging that keep working on it keep applying for things that you think will suit you and it's kind of crossing your fingers and toes and arms and legs that something will eventually mm-hmm. come good. Yeah, don't panic. But Go, also keep, panic. Also panic, <laughs> but also, you know, decide decide what what you actually want and then yeah. apply for that. Um, don't just scattergun. Yeah. Please. <laughs> or yeah. Or do, yeah, yeah I don't do care, whatever. <laughs> Alrighty, well, I think that's the perfect slide into us asking, um, we want to hear from you, mm-hmm. especially if you are about to graduate this summer. You are the people we want to hear from. Please. Uh, tell us your plans. How are you going to do it? Via our email. Oh, it's well where's my freaking dressing room at gmail.com. Almost forgot. We also have a website. Which is www.wheresmyfreakingdressingroom.com. And we have social media. Catch us on Instagram at Dressing Room Pod. Catch us on Facebook forward slash Dressing Room Pod. Catch us on Twitter at Dressing Room PO1. Subscribe, review, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.